back to Barton Community College for a spooktacular video game. Today we're talking about Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. I'm Jordan. Oh yeah, and I'm Derek. But don't worry about that. So uh, we are covering <clears throat> not any of the remakes, but the most current singular title in the Resident Evil series. Uh, Biohazard 7, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard, whatever... Uh, localization wants to call it, uh, which is widely considered one part of Capcom's renaissance along with Devil May Cry 5 and Monster Hunter World and Generations. Um, but along with the... Uh, but not any, of, not any <clears throat> of their fighting games. Listen, you can't... <laughs> Street Fighter 5 is technically in fighting game renaissance. It's just that it's not very good. So, uh, it is also widely considered the renaissance for Resident Evil, which had, um, post 4 and 5 and 6 grown very formulaic and very, very not Resident Evil-y. Uh, we went from a large mansion where a dastardly, uh, by all, uh, like, pharmaceutical company is creating undead monsters to sell to other countries as... Uh, weaponry and then we hit uh six which is um this company has made monsters for a very long time and now we're fighting things in you know russia because look every game was doing that in the late 2000s was is that were they yeah russians are the new uh russians the new, uh, i was gonna say they're like the new stock video game bad guys they're the new the russians are the new russians what a what a wild time to be alive so you know it went from like it went from like nazis to zombies to nazi zombies to russian zombies yeah okay yeah All you right. get it i guess i got the i'm 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 picking down i'm picking up what you're putting down so uh, uh resident evil comes from a very uh, storied, I would say, uh, series. Like, I can't really think of... <sighs> it's one of those rare... It's one of those rare series that actually, when you stop and think about it, really does have a, a sort of lineage to it, a long line, you know, a, a, a continuity... A, a, you know, an honest to God, like deep fan base, especially for a horror game, which is kind of like, well, the game, really the horror. game kind of stopped draws. It was kind of dropping the horror uh, facade right around the third game. Like first two were fine. The third one was kind of a hunt chase. And then four wasn't necessarily horror as much as it was body horror. But there was the game has never really been scary, except for this one. Yeah, this one had some shit that messed me up. <laughs> um, so you have the original Resident Evil, which was released, released in 1996 for the PlayStation 1. Um, I, I played it very shortly after it came out, so I can confirm did, that... Did you play the DualShock Edition or the... Uh, yeah, the DualShock Edition DualShock. was not out uh, when I originally played it. How many, how many versions of the original... Resident Evil Resident 1? Evil there are at least three, not including the remake. There's the DualShock version, the regular version, and... Oh, God. There's another version that came out. I would have to look it up. 
Isn't it like the deluxe edition or like I don't know. It edition? could I think it was the one that gave you the extra end game content, but I'm not 100% sure. I would I think that may have been the DualShock version in America. I like I would just have to look it up. So the uh, this is the brainchild of Shinji Mikami who is uh, also in case anybody was curious, uh, the father of Dino Crisis, Onimusha, and Devil May Cry. And the executive producer of Phoenix Wright. That explains so much. <laughs> uh, he apparently uh, also had a, a little bit of a hand with Platinum and Grasshopper Manufacturer. With uh, He wrote for Killer7, God Hand, Vanquish, uh, and Shadows of the Damned, which were, are not classically Capcom games. They are from different production companies. Uh, his most recent project was The Evil Within. And I guess he's got a new one coming out, Ghostwire Tokyo, which they just did a... Uh, they did a trailer for not too long ago where you're fighting demons in Tokyo, which is... Um, weird! Is it, though, for this guy? Maybe. I mean, it, I literally just named off, like some of the most anticipated titles of their time. So, like, I get it. My only regret is that we haven't had a good Onimusha game in forever, and we haven't had a Dino Crisis game that was worth talking about in, like, 20 years almost to the dot. <laughs> so, like, this guy yeah, is... There's a, uh, of, there's a bunch of the Capcom catalog that I haven't really gotten <laughs> into. Although, I could definitely see myself getting more into the resident evil series um capcom the has a lot that... going for it they yeah, just don't well, know they... how to utilize their older ips well when you think about it capcom really does have a lot of ips it's just for a long time it was uh the mega man train and then when mega man wasn't making money anymore it was a uh, street fighter train and which is insane because mega it... man still prints money does it Every Mega Man game that's ever released, including their collections, usually sell at least to cover what it costs to create them. Bare minimum. Um, but now, you know, we're we're back on the upswing for a lot of Capcom's non-Street Fighter franchises. And on the downswing for that one. Because um, after 7, we had Resident Evil 2 remake, which was very highly anticipated. Yeah, the Resident uh, Evil 3 remake, which cool. was panned as fucking awful, and it is. <laughs> like, all of the goodwill you could put into the Resident Evil 2 remake, which was an amazing job. And then you just carbon copy out Resident Evil 3 make, like, immediately after, and it is a hot garbage fire. Is it really? It's just not fun. <laughs> it's just not great. Like it's it warrants a playthrough, but if you've played the original Resident Evil Three with tank controls, you still prefer it, which is wild to me. That's that's a lot. Um, I've been meaning to check out two next time it goes on sale. I believe it's on uh, sale right now. It might be on sale right now. Um, the because uh, everybody tells me it's great. Um, I'm very I'm very not a fan of third person games a general rule and that's like not platformers but third person shooters it's 20 bucks um, right now it's half off half off all right um but as a general rule i don't usually care too much for third person shooters and um 
this is looking like it might be the kind of thing that'll make that an exception. Uh, but we'll we'll talk about uh, that. That can be another time. Uh, so the only two Resident Evil games that I've ever played are four and seven. You poor bastard. Which are probably like out of the last make, uh, out of the last f- fan yeah out of the last life. four <laughs> they're pretty good I guess. Um. Then four was, four is a pretty awesome game. I will say that at times, while I think that it feels too much like a shooting gallery game that is that you can like walk around in. <laughs> it's it's like an, a version of an on rails shooter that is not on rails, is what you're saying. It, yeah, it feels like Time Crisis, but where you actually have the ability to move around and not have it be an automatic thing. Sometimes. Well, there's also um, several hours of wait. Follow me. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> Res- um, Resident Evil 4 is the owner of one of the worst babysitting missions in existence because it goes on for half the game. Um but Resident Evil 4 is pretty awesome. It's it's got a lot to love and it if um and I think that was maybe the right game to know before before I got into 7 because I picked up seven actually at the recommendation of a friend of mine, Steven. And if he ever, if we ever get around to doing Resident Evil two, we're going to have to bring him in. Cause he's a huge Resident Evil fan. Like two might be his favorite game ever. I mean, um, two is good, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's that good. Like I like two a lot, a lot, but it's not like my favorite game. Um, but seven is seven was like, I got it as, on a recommendation because I like a good spooky, first person shooter game uh favorite you know favorite among my favorite games ever is bioshock i love prey i love um uh, uh <laughs> the system shocks of the world the um dooms 2016s so i like uh and i, I there are a few other like more indie first like first person horror games that i'm kind of into um but this game, when I when I heard about it, I was like, okay, that sounds like it's up my alley. Um, and I played it, and the first time I was playing through it, I couldn't put it down. Because um, it was... It was like the right mix of everything that I had wanted in a game. You know? Uh, well, I will say was, the departure from, like, not only top-down structurals to over-the-shoulder shooter to first-person in Resident Evil was a very, very big jump. Like, they were they were criticized initially very harshly for making the move to first person, but it feels good. It feels so good. And like, it makes the is... scares, like, that much more honest. It's a lot... Yeah, you... There's a lot more times in this game where because of your limited perspective of being in first person, you're going to get jumped... Uh, a lot more frequently there's stuff in the background that you can that you can like see and because you have that first person kind of viewpoint you you know you get a little more immersed um have you played the vr for this game by chance Uh, i have not i have seen people play it but i have never actually gotten to sit down and play it i am sure it is a wild ass ride it looks like it looks very good and the vr like i'm i don't care for vr generally speaking Pussy. but this would be one of the few games that i would want to play like give it at least give it a try and oh yeah absolutely like, but i know there's but i know there's segments that i would fucking hate just oh, because yeah. of how pretty much the um, entire marguerite how, fight yeah exactly 
uh, and we'll we'll get into that later. This 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 one's probably going to have a, a nice big spoiler chunk in the middle, uh, so we can talk about all the crazy shit that happens in this game for those of you who don't mind being spoiled. Or yeah. So have the um, moving past the, I guess mechanics. It is it is a regular inventory based Resident Evil shooter. You have a, a a small inventory that gets a little bigger as the game goes on. You have to sort of puzzle pieces your things together. Uh, there are a lot of both physical and uh, implied puzzles. So, like, you have to put things together and sort of figure out how they work together. Um, which I think this game actually does really, really well because they have a lot of site-based puzzles. Um, which... And I don't want to be—I don't want to be too mean to like four, but I feel like four kind of has puzzles, but they're very like basic. Um, well, four didn't really have like... puzzles so much as things that were out of order that you had to rearrange. <laughs> i think they're a little bit more going on here and even then none of them are like none of them are like what i would say is like a real adventure game kind of like bullshit puzzle where you have to like uh paint a gong red to make a portal to another island or something that was oddly specific <laughs> anybody who gets that can have a cookie but um so outside of your regular Resident Evils, there's a weapon system, you can upgrade them, um, you have herbs, you have first aid sprays that you can, you know, fix your health, give you a little extra health, do that kind of thing. Um, ammo is mostly scarce, um, but only really if you're just trying to murder everything that you see at all points. Like, running is a viable option for most of the game, and your knife is surprisingly yeah. effective. If you know how to use it, yeah, uh, against some of the enemies, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, um, it's it's better against some than others. Like some enemies, you just ignore. Um, so the game takes place supposedly uh, in the bayous of Louisiana. Uh, you are playing a. Does it ever tell you what Ethan is? Is he a teacher? Um. So there's he doesn't really have a whole lot of backstory there's a little the bit <clears throat> let me see if i can find he, anything he's just a dude <laughs> he is just a dude but i thought they sort of leaned into who he was uh he is an American. he is a systems engineer engineer from los angeles apparently ah oh, that's a that's a that's what i was able to do everything he's an engineer oh yeah well he's a systems engineer so he's almost useless that's the reason <laughs> he can't operate a gun it's a hardware problem <laughs> what a tricksy uh, son of a bitch but basically the game starts with uh our protagonist ethan getting a message from his uh wife who's been missing for three years telling him to come meet him at a mansion essentially in dolby louisiana uh to the middle of nowhere more or less in the bayou uh he goes there, um, gets to this derelict house, and starts making his way through. And without too much, like, not to dive too much into spoilers, he finds his wife, um, and then things go completely to shit when he runs into the Baker family, who are his, who are the the, the presumed owners of the house, and uh, they're like ripped straight out of texas chainsaw massacre oh yeah in terms of like how fucked up they are individually and how they act um and so ethan has to 
you know, just try to survive and get out of the house while killing a shitload of things along the way and fighting the increasingly more uh, over-the-top members of the Baker family. And, and then things the, get even weirder. Oh God. It has a very interesting left turn at the end where things sort of expand in very odd ways. And, and we won't really go into that or how it connects to other Resident Evils yet. Um, ooh, man, sorry, I'm a sleepy boy. So um, we'll go over a little bit. So the sound engineering in this game is very, very good. The house creaks, it breathes, um, what little music is in the game is very striking, um, very soothing in some points, and very alarming in others. Um, even though, I think for the most part, the soundtrack of this game is very minimal. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, like you, it doesn't you have really, very much the, in the way of like pieces. Yeah, like, the, the house itself very much is the soundscape. Like, the environment is something that you experience sort of through its sounds and its sights and stuff. And it's, uh, one, the fucking bayou, so it's terrifying. And two, um, <laughs> very convincing. Like, they did a really good job with most yeah. of this. All the sound effects are fantastic. The wood creaks. You can hear the wind moving in some parts of the house. You can, uh, if you're, like... If you're if you listen very close, you can hear other creatures moving sometimes in the room next to you. Um, it's very detailed and it really builds a strong atmosphere throughout. Um, there's a lot. I mean, like, again, it's a it is. This is a game that will probably unnerve, if not scare the shit out of you at least once or twice. <laughs> and part of that is like while you're moving through the house, it's never like it's, it very rarely feels like a sure thing, you know, like it, you move just slow enough that, you know, everything is still labored and you hear the creaking of the door as you push it open. You can, you sometimes hear sounds in the distance that you don't know where they're coming from. Um, when you move past specific like obstacles you can bump into them and make a sound or if you shimmy it through a wall you make sounds uh that like you know kind of like can grate on you and you always are worried whether or not you might uh make enough noise to startle another enemy and and not only that like sound the environment of sound plays a big character in this game more than its soundtrack does like like Derek said you can alert other things to you being around and sometimes enemies just heat seek you and that's fine but like zombies you can or, or mold creatures I guess um you can kind of maneuver a little bit and a little better um and without really getting too much more into it uh if you like Resident Evil I would definitely recommend you at least play it you can pick up seven on sale on Steam uh almost all the time it's like a it's like one of those like always 20 dollar games now yeah and like it. if you, you can it up, and yeah. like the playstation network he has it on sale all the time for like 10 bucks so if you're you, you've got a playstation like you can rock that i don't know about xbox live as much but like this, this game goes on sale like all the fucking time so if you like resident evil and you want probably the most honest 
Resident Evil experience since probably two. Um, give do yourself a favor and pick this one up if you haven't already. Like it's got good scares. And, it's got a good environment. If you're not, even if you're not like super into the idea. So I think that this game really appeals to two different kind of horror fans. One is if you like a slow burn, strong atmosphere, the haunted house in this game is fantastic. Oh, the haunted house is great. They do it so good. There are, there are so many like little tiny, like scary, like, like classic scare, like opportunities thrown in, you know, and you have, and again, with the excellent sound design, the house itself is just, there's, it has a lot of character to it. Like you, from the, like the first rooms in the game, there's lots of weird artwork on the wall. You can kind of like read a bunch of newspapers or other bits of writing around the house. Um, like there's lots of funny background details that kind of repeat or like really characterize certain rooms. Uh, like you find um, like the entire basement is kind of like an is is kind of like a, a half laboratory, half avatar. And it gets fucking gross exploring some of the rooms and seeing some of the notes that the characters have left behind the. Um, there's there's this kind of like running gag where you keep finding lawnmowers hidden around the house. Yeah, because. <laughs> Uh, the dad of the family, Jack Baker, keeps buying lawnmowers and like losing them somehow. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> the house is also sort of an experiment in maybe Euclidean architecture. <laughs> like things, for the most part, make sense the way they make sense, and other things do not make sense the way they are connected. <laughs> I mean like the way the house is set up it's like okay these guys were either planning to become supervillains or just kind of accidentally became supervillains because the house even before getting into like uh, some of the crazy shit these folks are up to has a lot of weird stuff in it like the house itself is designed like uh, is designed like a madman built it in some cases <laughs> Yeah, like um, the especially when you get down into like the the third basement, where like you run into Jack again, and you're like, well, "This what the none of this fucking makes any sense." Um, and uh, I get I and where I think the game really appeals to other kinds of horror is if you're like an Evil Dead fan, this game's for you. Like, if part of the thrill of a good horror movie or a good cheesy horror movie is like, I want an at like like a very like intense action experience that is, you know, filled with body horror and general regular horror that I think that I think that you also have a lot to enjoy out of this game because it very it very seamlessly provides both like both experiences. You get a lot of the um again kind of the thrill you get a kind of like a lot of the thrill of like a slasher movie with all the with a lot of the atmosphere and dread that a good atmospheric horror uh, movie would build up. Um, and you've got, honestly, a really great set of uh, NPCs and villains kind of throughout the game. And the the overall character writing, I think, is really solid. Um, 
I will say that there is stuff for you to enjoy if you are a Resident Evil fan, like continuity stuff. But for the most part, I think this is the most self-contained game in the franchise, from what I understand. I, hmm. Yeah, I mean, outside of maybe the first one, I think this one has the most, the highest propensity for bringing back atmospheric exper, like an atmospheric experience as well as having an actually fun game. Um, Cause Resident Evil's had gotten a little arcadey there for a little bit <laughs> and they are time crisis. Um, yeah, I, I guess we could say that it's just, they got, kind of away from themselves and they turn into sort of action movies and there's nothing wrong with that but like Resident Evil 4 is the epitome of the cheesy fucking action flick like down to the one-liners down to Leon like flipping around <laughs> when he did the knife fights like it's a it's a Hong <laughs> Kong action movie for the most part so I like the idea that we have Seven's like the re like the return to a return form or return to our roots kind of thing. Well, that's why I liked when they had the taglines that like Resident Evil was coming home, so to speak, because it evoked like a very a very strong feeling of like OG Resident Evil for me. So uh, I guess do yourself a favor and play it. And this is where spoilers are gonna happen. Da da. All right, so this game's fucked up. <laughs> so, like, Ethan loses a hand. They eat ears. In the first 20 minutes. First 20 minutes of the game, you have to kill your wife, who you find out is incapable of dying, uh, along with literally everyone else in the house, which is enough. Um, yeah, lots of mutilation right away. Yeah, a lot of mutilation. It's, it's kind of... Apparently, this game is censored in Japan. Like... <laughs> A lot of the gore and and blood is censored in in the uh, Japan release. That is that's like crazy uncensored here. This game is fucking violent as shit, um, and it like so the opening of the game is pretty is pretty like slow kind of where not slow. I think it's actually very it's a very good opening that is a little tedious on replays where you explore the house, you don't really have any weapons, and uh, you just kind of find stuff, put stuff here, put stuff there, read, do a bit of reading, and then you find your wife. And uh, and turns out she's, like, possessed or something because she starts trying to kill you. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, in fact, she chainsaws your fucking hand off. <laughs> like... Uh, like in the first, like in that first half hour, and then you have to like uh fight her with an axe, 
uh, actually, I take that back. You fight. She fights you with a knife first, and you fight with an axe, and then she cuts her your hand off, and then you have to like shoot her down with a gun that you find laying around. Um, and it so, does yeah, it, it starts- does follow the the classic Resident Evil uh, formula of why is there a gun here? And you go, I don't know. You know, I, I was just kind of like rolling with that because. The bakers seem like the kind of folks who would just leave a gun laying around. I mean, they're also <laughs> insane because they're actually con- yeah, that's like even but even pre even pre infected, you know, they're <coughs> they're a little white trashy. A little bit. A little bit. In fact, well, it's funny is as evil and over the top as they act throughout the game, they're actually kind of sympathetic when you find out that they've kind of been possessed the whole time. Well, that's why like the personal flashbacks, like when you're in the room with the bakers who are slightly unaltered, like when you're talking to Jack Baker, especially you get to have these like really weird conversations with them that like sort of make you feel bad the entire time. Because, like, you find out that essentially the Bakers have been taken over by a uh, biological weapon whom your wife... Some sort of biohazard, if a you will. A biohazard, if you will. So your wife and a, is an operative of a particular government agency that is not named, um, along with her partner. <laughs> Umbrella. Uh, really. Which it actually is not. It is not them this time. <laughs> it is not them this time. Um, it is probably remnants of Umbrella. That is sort of rumored that it, it is Splinter Groups. Um, and they're watching this girl who has um, this ability to, like, have this psychotropic mold not only sort of take you over, but grow at this massively exponential rate. So, like, that's when your wife disappears as the, the cruise ship she was on goes absolutely fucking tits up into the Louisiana swamp. And like you do. the bakers find uh, Eve, who is the daughter, and Mia, who is your wife. Eva. Is it Eva? Oh, sorry, Evelyn. No, I think it's Ev- Evelyn. Yeah, it's Evie. It's Evelyn. So uh, they find them, and then Eve is so obsessed with the idea of family that she essentially makes them all immortal and her toys. <laughs> so you spend most of the time running around trying to like survive the family and then you find out that the brother Lucas is out of his mind and works for a completely different organization and then you find Zoe one of the sisters is working against the rest of the family but she lives in a trailer in the middle of the house and nobody fights her which I thought was really <laughs> bizarre well it's like it's weird because it's sort of like through the whole game uh, so, by the way, uh, you spend most of the early parts of the game fighting against the Bakers individually, and then you get this, uh, and then you get the the two thirds plot twist. Uh, like, I think it's uh, almost like seventy five to eighty percent. It's honestly really, yeah. There's really not much left of the game when that happens. Like another good hour. Um, um, well, you've got the boat and then the salt mines, but the salt mines is like a half an hour of stuff, maybe plus the boss fight. Yeah, um, and. Uh, the, but you know, you spend most of the game with the bakers, and Zoe is kind of helping you. She gives you lots of hints and calls you on the phone, uh, which which is supposed to be straight out of Silent Hill too. 
and but and we can get into all the Silent Hill kind of connections that go on here as there well. used to be uh, a dog here. <laughs> um, but uh, in fact, you find three dog heads <laughs> in that first kind of chapter. Uh, I'll go. I, that's more of a Resident Evil one thing, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, there there are a lot of like spiritual homages in this game to other games that have come before it. Um, and you spend, uh, you spend most of the game fighting the Bakers. Um, Jack Baker is the one that you fight the most. Uh, he's the dad. And yeah. And his boss like, fight is honestly cool as shit. Not the mutated one, but like his meat locker the boss chainsaw fight, fight. The chainsaw fight is really cool. I, I have such mixed feelings about that fight because one, it's really awesome, but it's also a pain. It's in also the bullshit ass. for about half the fight because collision doesn't work the way it's supposed to. And it's like you you really got to master the mechanics um, uh, of how to of when and how to hit him. Yeah, like um, bosses it, it, for the most part have these weird and vulnerability moments where you can just plug them with bullets, and then they have these open windows where you're supposed to hit them with bullets. Although there's not really a visible change in between these two things. Well, and like I'm very mixed on the boss fights overall in this game because the they're so cool. Like the, they are the very cool, very thematic very for cool. each one too. And there's a lot going on. They're <clears throat> exciting. There's you, you know, you have to pay attention. There's lots of tension, so they really work well as horror bosses. But they can also be kind of bullshit. The the mechanics <laughs> on most of the bosses. I think Marguerite's the only honest boss. She is, but she's also the hardest because well, she it's, is the most damaged is, spongy. Yeah, she is also very damaged spongy. Also, the moment when you, like, plow her through the floor and then she skitters off before you get there, one of the creepiest moments of the fucking game. Uh, yeah, very, very strong. Because she, she was, she, like, uh, she has a lot of really great builds to her. And because all of her shit involves fucking bugs. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Like, pretty much the entire time. That's part of what I mean is, I bet I would break something playing this game in VR, trying to kill the fucking bugs. Yeah, it it was that, her parts were particularly goofery. Although, when you get that (coughs) flamethrower... It just doesn't do enough. It never does. Like, flamethrowers are... It's like, I actually disagree. I think this is one of the few video game flamethrowers that (coughs) I'm like, yes. It just tickles them. But... It softens them up. Excuse me. So whereas on the other hand, the or go ahead. So for the most part, like the bosses are fine. Um, I think the Jack Baker mutation and then the Eevee fight in the end is kind of bullshit, but it's supposed to be cinematic. So I sort of understand why they do that. Um, So in the timeline, this occurs after seven. So uh, Umbrella Corp does not exist anymore. Uh, Chris Redfield has sort of reformed the company into a bioorganic weapon fighting force uh which was what the bsaa was originally they're, if you remember philanthropy six from middle gear or five they're philanthropy so uh it chris does exist in the end of the game and actually gives you a pretty big hand by handing you a gun named after albert wesker <laughs> an anti-biohazard gun an anti-biohazard gun named after albert wesker the albert one as they might say Mm-hmm. That is uh, uh, almost uh, an exact replica of his Samurai Edge handgun from the first one. So that's pretty fucking cool. Uh, 
so like that's the the timeline it, it happens roughly a bit after seven after the world has sort of gotten back to good i guess is what i should say considering that s that six was how many how many countries are we gonna jump i guess <laughs> well wasn't six the that's the one where you could play as like five different characters right uh six each each set of characters is two because each set is supposed to be co-opt mm. so you have adult yeah, sherry birkin you have leon you have chris you have albert wesker's biological son uh you have uh a female agent that works with chris and i don't or no a female chill. agent that works with leon and then who is Chris? I think Chris just has another agent with him. I don't remember. I think it's Nevins. But um, so like this one is structurally different than the previous three games. Like four, five and six were very, very different games compared to seven. Yeah, th this game is um, it is foremost a horror game. Uh, you and are body pretty... horror at that, which is really fucking creepy. Yeah, <coughs> you are you are very limited in what you can do for the most part. You only have a few weapons, and ammo is scarce. If you if you're smart about it, you can usually uh, you can kind of get around by not fighting certain enemies and uh, knowing when to bust out your weapons, um, especially on repeat playthroughs. But you're never going to be, I think, that comfortable with the amount of ammo you have. Um. Your main weapon, your main, like, you always have a switchblade knife on you, or a, or to quote Ethan, a fucking pocket knife. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Uh, the the tongue-in-cheek responses from Ethan uh, throughout the game are pretty good. Yeah, e Ethan, like, Ethan is a pretty, like, he's a pretty, like, like, white, like, like, white bread character in that you don't really know almost anything about him. But you do get enough character from his lines that kind of like make up for it. Yeah, he... like he's he's concerned about the people that he's allied with. Like he approaches some of this with an amount of scrutiny that is like, okay, this is straight out of science fiction, so we have to figure this shit out, kind of. And he has very natural reactions, like, uh, <laughs> like when you kill Jack for the second time or whatever, he's like. He's like, he's like, how about you stay dead this time? Yeah. I like it when you fight Jack in the car. <laughs> All of and Jack's fights are fucking over. good, by the way. I'll, I, I do think the Marguerite fight is pretty good. The second one, the it first is, one's really just kind of a cut scene. Yeah, uh, her, her actual boss fight is legit. But like all of Jack's mostly, fights are iconic. Like the, the chainsaw fight is just so good uh like, like again, at one point little, in the garage he sets himself good. on fire and just sits in the car and tries to run you over and you're like what the fuck dude or no the the best part of that is <clears throat> actually it's like afterwards where he dares you to fucking kill him with a gun yeah <laughs> and makes you like shoot him in the face with it um there's a lot of really surreal moments in this game too um you you have like little hallucinations um there are a lot of uh there are a lot of like things that 
like just don't make sense if you take them at face value until the until the the end kind of gives you a retroactive explanation yeah there's a couple of moments that you will not really understand until possibly your second playthrough but definitely not until the end of the game yeah and um you know the the moment-to-moment gameplay even after you kind of start getting a weapons repertoire after you kind of like because after after probably about you know a third into the game it's a little less of a survive it's it's still a survival horror game but you you know you have a decent amount of gear now you know it it does unless you're fighting bees unless you're fighting bees why are you fighting bees don't fight the bees (laughs) um uh, and you have lots of fun opportunities, I think, to change up your playthrough, like just by either accident or by intent, because um, you only have a nor- you you only have easy and normal when you play uh, when you first play the game, but you unlock a madhouse mode the second time, which is like a hard mode that also changes up how you progress through the game. So you it randomizes through- where item locations are. So like I. I don't think it randomizes because the game already randomizes uh, certain drops. Well, you can, for example, you can get a shotgun very, very early in a madhouse run. Yes. So, but then you have like no ammo for it. And you're like, what the fuck? It's it's more like you have like a different path that you have to do to get through the opening of the game as opposed to. Yeah. The the first uh, 40 or 50% of the game in madhouse is like, all right, we get to go backwards this time. And it's it's very cool. Um, for the for recording this, uh, so I've I've beaten the game and run through it twice. Uh, I've attempted to do a madhouse run, um, but kind of stopped at about the two third mark because I was getting kind of frustrated. Uh, I I do intend on going back and trying to beat this beat the madhouse mode because I do love this game a lot. Um, and that and that does kind of like. Um, it does, I, I think that first playthrough that you're going to get of this game is going to be very memorable. Yeah, your um, your first impressions are going to be very, very strong. And it sort of suffers the post-content Resident Evil game issue where the subsequent playthroughs are fun, but unless they shake something up significantly, you're not really doing anything different. I, I think this game, if you can get over the hurdle of the opening, which on repeat playthroughs, the opening's a little long and kind of boring. Um, I think it's very good. Like I said, the first time around where you're, you know, you, there's a lot of genuine mystery and you're trying to uncover stuff. Um, it's where the game got a lot of comparisons to PT, um, the silent Hills game that never got that got canceled. Um, Cause it, the opening is very reminiscent of that where you have a very like, you know, you know, you have a very limited space to explore. You're just kind of trying to piece things together. Um, it's you know it's very immersive first person with uh, strong atmosphere um and then the game gets more action oriented as it goes but it never quite loses the horror edge that it that it has from the beginning no and it has honestly some of the strongest monster designs they've had in a while like i would say since four i'm i can't really speak to the rest of the games uh i'm a little like i wish there was a little more enemy variety um well they were they were trying to not throw like 15 different kinds of monsters at you because that was the issue that like five and six had like Hmm. five you were like all right well we're gonna fight infected africans for 
potentially four hours and they have different versions of the monsters, but they're all relatively humanoid. Whereas six went kind of crazy with like, not only just the humanoid zombies, but the, the non-humanoid mutations, which got kind of wild. And then this one only has a couple variations of enemies. Like they kept the enemy toolbox really small. They just made them significantly more deadly. Yeah. And where the enemies, I guess, make up for it is that, while the the rank and file molded, which are these kind of like zombies that are really more like that are really made like like fungus infected humanoid things, uh, they're very deadly. They're the Microsoft um, network. Exactly. I was gonna that or like they're um, oh what are they called in D and D? Violet fungus. Uh, oh, I don't remember. Some, yeah, there's a there's a name for them. I don't remember what it is. But yeah, they're they're essentially mold. They're essentially fung guys, if you will. No, oh. that will try to beat. And you they are among us. <laughs> um, they have this. They have a really long reach, and um, but they they're have a lot more slappy attacks. than the regular zombies. Like they just want to get into slap fights with you from like five paces, which is kind of annoying most of the time. Um, but they they can take a shitload of punishment. Um, especially if you're not good at headshots. Well, I think that's the difference between this game and like the regular rank and file zombies is that like you don't get as much ammo because like these guys are bullet sponges for the most part. So like combat may be interesting for the first little bit. It eventually does turn to kind of a war of attrition. But that's kind of where like I do feel like like especially with Jack where he's a very he's kind of like a nemesis-esque guy who stalks around the house while you're trying to get through it uh for most of the early game and then you kind of get rid of him for a little bit but he keeps coming back and then you get rid of him for a while and then he comes back again and he's even more and he's even more mutated and shit um whereas um uh i do think that the game is good at like having enemies that have that require different strategies to beat because after fighting the molded for a while, then you start fighting bugs and the bugs are small and nimble, but can be like, but only take one shot pretty much to get rid of or one good stab. Um, you have like the big, you know, bloat infected or whatever that are, inc- are incredibly slow, but take an unholy amount of damage and can projectile vomit on you. So that's fun. Um Eventually, you start running into fucking trip wires everywhere that'll blow you up. Yeah, uh, the the booby trap section of the game comes not necessarily out of left field if you're paying attention to the narrative, but it is a little frustrating. And for the most part, the pacing on this game is very strong. I, I again for like the first seventy five percent. Well, honestly, the you, game is very concise. It is very quick. It is very easy to digest. It's very very like it, it's also a. If you know what you're doing, you can beat this game in under four hours. You can do it under two. In fact, in fact, there's a, uh, a there's a reward in game for beating it in under four hours. You get a special item called, I think, the X-ray specs that lets you just always see um, stuff on the ground without having to look for them. So you <laughs> yeah. always see their little like silhouettes or uh, like highlighted, um, and that's very helpful. Um, it's actually um, there's a the game is a very the game is very strong on always making you like on rewarding you for being explorative but making it like 
very tense, especially again in the early parts of the game, to not get your ass beat by even rank and file enemies. Yeah, um, like the there there's a sense of danger through most of the game because even a regular zombie will beat your ass. If you if you let it, yeah. It's and your weapons are your weapons are never as good as you want them to be, I feel like, except for like because they all have a drawback in some way that is very apparent. Like your normal pistol is okay, but it it doesn't really have like any kind of stopping power. The second you get that upgraded shotgun, though, like things to take a well, turn. So funny, you have two different shotguns throughout the game. <clears throat> you can find throughout the game. There's the like a standard four shot pump shotgun, or you can find a two shot pump shotgun that is significantly killer, more powerful killer power boost but you can totally miss it <laughs> and the same thing goes for there's an upgraded you you can either get the upgraded gun or the upgraded shot or the or sorry the upgraded pistol or the upgraded shotgun uh you can't get both and, uh, and there's also a magnum pistol yeah the magnum pistol is pretty good and then you like you have some bonus content when you get out of the game like you can unlock the albert magnum there's another magnum you can unlock i believe it's the lightning um, there's like a lot of, a lot of post game stuff that you can kind of goof around. There's on a the melee block. weapon you can get. Yeah. I think <laughs> there's a the flamethrower, there's a rocket launcher. There's, there's, there's your regular, you like got, you have your, like you have your kind of standard stuff. Yeah. There. You've got your resident but, evil standards. Mm-hmm. The shotgun really does make a huge difference when you get it. Like, like, I feel like that's something you can say in every video game is it's all better once you get the shotgun, man. Oh yeah. So overall, I really like Resident Evil 7. Um, having played, uh, I, I, Derek and I were kind of going through the, the Resident Evil games that I have played, which is uh, almost all of them. <laughs> um, Resident Evil 7 really brought a lot of goodwill back to the series, especially with it kind of going like the B-movie flick in the last two. Like, 5 was good i enjoyed playing it but thematically it was very not resident evilly and that's kind of i think the argument overall is that um they had sort of gotten away from that domestic feel of horror in in a in a place by yourself uh i.e the first resident evil which i think they have captured uh enormously well in seven i do think every game eventually it's like I feel like there's this thing with Resident Evil where it always start. It, it's like they always kind of want it to start as a horror thing, but it eventually just kind of becomes so like, like over the top that you're. <laughs> that it, yeah, it's it, like five it had like, be, what, two dozen monster horror. types like it was something crazy. It like four, for example, is a fun game, um, but it it really stop. It really just becomes a shooting gallery by the end of it. And, and, I mean and honestly, with, if you don't hear Rapido in your sleep, like you didn't play enough Resident Evil four <laughs> with seven. Um, I think most of the game keeps that strong atmosphere. I do think there are parts that drag, especially again on a repeated playthrough. The tanker section is kind of slow. And well, it, it's not that it's slow. It's that it's small and it forces you to do all of this. Like, dumb hub running back and forth and the monsters do not give a shit that you have a gun yeah <laughs> the um and then the last section of the game i do think is uh it's it's pretty short and 
well, I think it feels good on a first playthrough where, you know, you, you, you get all the backstory. And yeah, it's, it's like, the, right, the salt mine shit. is kind of the reveal. You do get a lot of reveal in the salt mine. Oh, yeah, um, you get there's like at least 10 minutes of exposition if you're actually sitting down and reading the files and everything. 10 to 15. Easy. Um, and the, uh, I, I feel like everything in the house, like everything in the houses is like a plus really strong gameplay. And then it just kind of slows down and, and it ends on a satisfying enough note that I feel like it's worth it. Um, and, and I it, think it, again, do have, it does have yeah. two post game DLCs. So there's, um, oh God, what is it there's, called? There's one with uh, Chris Redfield called Not a Hero. Yeah, there's Not a Hero. Is, it's like two or three hours long, and it's free with the game. I actually like it quite a, quite a bit. It's, it's a little, again, it's more action-oriented than the standard game is. Well, it's also sort of tying up, like, the Lucas, like, yeah. and which you don't really get any resolution during a regular game. And then what was the second one called? Zoe's dead. Zoe. What was it? End of Zoe. End of Zoe. Where um you play as you play as uh Joe, who is uh Jack Baker's brother, and you punch the shit out of Zoe. Yeah, you do. <laughs> kind of again, it's like kind of ruins the horror tone if you could just walk around, punch the shit out of everything. Um But if you like again, if you like that kind of like uh, if you like that kind of Evil Dead Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like let's just get, let's just go fucking balls out and ramp up the body horror, rank up the rank up the intensity. I think you'll have a lot of fun with this one, and it's something. It's a game I like going back to. Uh, I've gone back to it, you know, once already, and I think I'll go back to it again. Uh, I'm sure I'll come back to it again and again, actually. And it does make me, I think, curious about the other games, even if they're not necessarily a gameplay style that I'm super fond of. Uh, this one, again, is just it was right up my alley at the right time. Um, and I I feel like if it if they wanted to, they could have taken it even further with uh, some of the uh, the more RPG elements uh, with, uh, you know, getting health and uh, like uh, speed upgrades as you go um, or being able to have different weapon loadouts. Uh, there's actually Resident Evil 8 has been confirmed and is slated for next year. Which is a direct um, sequel to 7. Yes, it, it stars Ethan and Chris Redfield is in it, apparently doing a betrayal or something. You're doing a bad a village in somewhere in Eastern Europe. So that's fun. Yeah, we're back in Eastern Europe. This things always go poorly when we go over to the Europe's. Yep. Um, but overall, style. yeah, I mean, seven was good. Like it is. I, I will one hundred percent agree that it is Capcom's renaissance, uh, especially when it comes to the Resident Evil series. Like they brought it back to a place of a lot of people didn't think Resident Evil would ever get back here. I guess is what I should say. Um, and I, like I said, I, I don't have a whole lot of experience with the franchise, but I think this was a really, really fun time. And I don't think you have to be a fan to check this one out and have a good time. No, it's especially if it's a very good standalone. Yeah. 
So that's it. Resident Evil 7 is pretty good. You should play it. Uh, again, we're probably going to be on bi-monthly for a little bit just because uh, Derek is insanely busy and I am just now becoming insanely busy. Um, but we're still going to try to crank out episodes pretty regularly. Um, well, we're, we're... With, the with the month of Spooktober coming, uh, you're going to see some fun stuff. Uh, I think we're going to check out uh, the 4K re-release of Akira. Uh, that's on that's on Saturday. Yeah, I'm I'm always down for a cure. I remember when that came out in the states, like when it was dubbed for the first time. Um, and so, I'm sure we'll get some nice horror movies in. Uh, we also uh, actually have a surprise project that I don't think we are announcing, but it is sort of uh, parallel to our regular podcasting. Um, so we will probably have announcement on that. I don't know what by December at the latest. I would imagine. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, maybe we'll sooner. It depends it on sort of how it shakes out. Uh, but we do have an interesting side project coming your way. Yep. And that is and it from that, us. Uh, ending it on a ending it on a on a on a on a quote from our man Jack Baker. Welcome to the family, son. <laughs> <laughs>